God. Amen. Good evening, everybody. How was everybody doing this evening? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Uh, welcome, everybody, to Studying in the Word. Tonight's Bible study will be uh, taken from Genesis chapter 23. And also uh, what we are going to uh, study about is the comforting that God gives us when, he, when we experience grief, loss of a loved one. You know, uh, right now with what's going on in the world today, and we've always uh, struggled with losing a loved one, but we see so much of that uh, now, especially with COVID and a lot of other health issues that are uh, plaguing people today. And we want uh, everyone to know that our loved ones are all right. Our loved ones are all right. And as we study today, we will see uh, Abraham also uh, grieved. So um, before we get into tonight's Bible study, Sister Pat, if you would bless us with prayer. And we're going to put all of our phones on mute uh, tonight. Amen. Praise God. If everybody uh, could put their phones on mute, amen. 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 And Sister Pat, if you would bless us with prayer. Oh, 
of open up your eyes and open up your ears and to listen to listen to look around and see. Sometimes we don't have everything we want, but we have what we need. So what we have, we know yes lord we know Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, as everyone has their phones on mute, and this just uh, helps with any feedback uh, that might be going through uh, our phones or background noises. Um, does anybody want to share what uh, we went over in last week's Bible study? We went over Genesis chapter 22. Well, everybody's, uh, go ahead. That was uh, Yes, yes, that was, uh, yes, uh huh. Abraham uh, took Isaac, and what we discussed uh, was the difference between testing, God testing, and the adversary trying to tempt. Uh, anyone want to elaborate on that? Abraham had that faith, and God had a, 
like when we did that term, that ram in the bush for him. He was not going to let him do that. Yes. Now, Satan, on the other hand, he's going to let something horrific happen. Just because he can do that. Yes. Yes. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. No, you are saying it very right. Yes. That's right. It's not like he's trying to test somebody to see how strong your faith is. He's trying to do something so you can actually do something that's going to hurt you and other people so he can just go ahead and, you know, get his glory out of that. Exactly. He's going to get you to do something. Exactly. And another thing that we can recognize, and this helps me as well, when it goes to God testing, okay, the, and I want you guys to remember this, and if you guys could write it down, pray, P-R-A-Y, okay? When God is testing us, we are increased in our prayer to pray to God, to communicate through being tested, we are being strengthened. God is actually focusing on our strengths. And we see this, Daniel in the lion's den. We see this uh, in the case of point with Abraham and Isaac. Okay. Now, when the adversary tries to tempt us, there is the P-R-E-Y, pray. Okay. Where he is praying, P-R-E-Y-I-N-G, upon our weaknesses. And in temptation... We are being lowered in our weaknesses. Okay, I know you're hungry. Turn this rock into bread. You say that you're protected by the blood of Jesus. Okay, well, go out there and and confront somebody who had hurt you. You understand the difference? Yes. So we we be mindful. And another thing that we learned in, in the past uh, Bible study, which applies to um, what we learned uh, yes, last week, and I thank you, uh, Heavenly Father. Yes, praise God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost for him outlining these lessons. Because... Prior to this, you know, I wasn't writing anything down. You know, the Lord was putting the lesson plan, you know, and now I see the outline and the blueprint because in our past study, we were studying about dreams and visions and the Lord educated us in the difference between 
God giving us a dream and envisions where there's communication, there's spiritual education and enrichment in those dreams. And the dreams are of peace. And we understood the adversary when he's taunting us in our dreams, because he does come in dreams as well. We looked up the scriptures and identified that the adversary is of chaos. Again, he is praying, P-R-E-Y-I-N-G, upon our fears. We wake up and we're like more confused than when we went to sleep. And we also learned about things that we take with us when we are supposed to be resting. You know, we we can't be looking at inappropriate uh, movies or uh, things on the phones or computers. Uh, We can't be engaging um, in uh, different things, you know, that is not healthy or wholesome that feeds the spirit. And again, like I, I say, yes, you know, I I have watched uh, movies, uh, Scream and different things like that. There was a particular movie, uh, uh, what was that movie? Uh, um, and I recently uh, watched it, it was with Monique and it was entitled The Reading. You know, and it wasn't like a movie that uh, dealt into different uh, other things. But, you know, uh, that movie to me was a little iffy. I watched it. It was really good. My uh, cousin told my aunt about it. She told me. So I watched it. It was a good movie. Um, But we have to watch different things, even in that aspect. You know, um, thank God nothing was disrupted, you know, with my spiritual peace. But we just got to know our spiritual boundaries, which is healthy or unhealthy for us. And uh, again, we constantly have to pray P-R-A-Y over ourselves to keep us firmly rooted in God's word. Amen. Praise God. I'm I'm conferencing Sister Nicole in. Amen. Amen. Good evening, Sister Nicole. Good evening. And on the line we have with me, brothers, Patrick and Brylin Douglas. Good evening. Praise God. Sisters uh, Patricia Carter and Arlessa Douglas. Good evening. Good evening. And Sister Nicole Carter, good evening. Good evening. Praise God, praise God. As we went over uh, the recap of last week's study, and then we also talked about our previous study, um, which is how God will uh, test us, the adversary will try to tempt us. We also just discussed the difference between praying, P-R-A-Y-I-N-G, and the adversary praying, like uh, on a hunt, P-R-E-Y-I-N-G. We also uh, briefly just now talked about safeguarding our spirits, knowing what our spiritual boundaries are, um, what things to watch uh, and not to watch, uh, different activities to, to go into. 
Uh, with that being said, uh, any other uh, conversations or any concerns or anything anybody want to share right now? Okay, amen. With that being said, we are going to take a brief break. Uh, we're going to listen to a song, take a brief, brief break. When we come back, we will have our daily bread reading dated for March the 3rd, Love is Real. We will be right back with Studying in the Word. Storms, we have God too. Written by Michelle Carter Douglas, Rylan Douglas, Arlessa R. Douglas, Patrick M. Douglas. This collection of prayers is offered to the home for parents and their children, not only focusing on relationships between husband and wife, but the relationships between parent and child, child and parent and people within the community. James 5.16, confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Behind our closed doors, we pray together and we offer our fervent prayers to the world. 1 John 5:14 And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us Amen Sharing a prayer from the book Strength in our marriage God is our strength Heavenly Father as my spouse and I come before you we send praise and gratitude we thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Thank you for everything you have done for us, both as individuals and together. As I hold my spouse's hand, we give our praise. Please, Sovereign Lord, cover our homes, our lives, our families with the blood of Jesus. At times, the wind consumes us, and we begin to feel as though we are drifting apart. Seldom have the raging waters tried to drown our hopes and dreams. We ask you, Almighty God, to embrace us and give my spouse and me strength. Give us strength, Heavenly Father, individually and in our union. Give us the strength and endurance during opposition of the enemy's tactics. Give us the strength during temptation. Give us the strength to endure physical and mental trials. O oh, Heavenly Father, strengthen our mind, heart, spirit, and souls. Yes, Father, we find refuge and strength in your holy word and presence. We find strength calling on your holy name. We have strength in your divine love and nurturing presence. Heavenly Father, you are our strength in our marriage with God. We can survive all things. This we pray in Jesus Christ's holy name. This book is available right now on Amazon.com.
Amen. Welcome back to studying in the word. Amen. Praise God. If we could put our phones back on mute. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's see. Our daily bread reading. Who would like to read today's daily bread reading dated uh, Friday, March 3rd? This love is real. Praise God. Thank you. In chapter 15, we were still sinners. Christ died for us. That's found in Romans 6, chapter 8, verse. This, real, this love is real. I don't like the rug I get pulled from under me. Don't leave there. The shock of the discovery was like a physical blow. She found out that her fiance was seeing someone else. Jody's previous relationship had ended similarly. So when she later heard about God's love at a Bible study, she couldn't help wondering, is there another scam? Is this another scam? Will I get hurt if I believe God when he says he loves me? Like Jolie, we may have experienced troubled relationships that left us feeling weary or even afraid of trusting someone's promise of love. We may even feel this way about God's love, wondering where the catch is. There is, however, no catch. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's found in Romans 5, chapter 8, verse. Eventually, I realized God had already proven his love, Jolie says, by dying for me. My friend discovered that since our sinful state, they separated us from God. He reached out to us by giving Jesus to die on our behalf. Romans 5th chapter 10 verse, 1st John 12 chapter, 2nd chapter, 2nd verse. Because of this, our sins are forgiven, and we can look forward to eternity with him. John 3rd chapter 16 verse. Whenever we wonder whether we can truly trust God's love, let's remember that Christ did for us us on the cross. We can trust his promises of love knowing that he's faithful. Karen, Megan, when or why have you found it difficult to trust God's love? How can knowing Jesus died for you change your response? Dear Jesus, thank you for the great love you showed me by dying for me. Let your love change me, heal me, and direct my fellowship. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Yes. When or why have you found it difficult to trust God's love? Anyone? I, I can't remember. I was specific, but there have been very, there have been fine times in my life. There are some very fine times. Um, well, like in my marriage and when things were getting really rough, I said sometimes wasn't, you know, you know, I was young, I really had to build a strong enough relationship and I was just wondering, God, why, why is this happening? And I remember too, I I, I was very upset with the Lord whenever I found out my father was very sick and that he was going to, you know, not going to make it. And my brother, I found that difficult when I lost my little 
my grandbaby. And those were just a few of the times that I sometimes just sit for going, why, why me? But as I have been studying, building my relationship, I can understand now why not me. The Lord never said, never said it would be easy. And everything is done according to his will. So I learned to understand there's a reason for each thing. And if I live according to his word, I will see them all again. And then as for my marriage, um, I got to think, I said, you know what? That's more like something I decided that should be done. Yes. I don't think that was a person for me, but sometimes the Lord let us do what we want to do. And then too, I did little things that might have caused a lot of well, these cause some problems because I wanted to think of my way because I knew if I was right, whatever I wanted was right in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, then, you know, then I did their work. Like they say, sometimes there were signs before then, before that. But you know, like again, you think you know. And you think you can change people. I was, you know, very, very naive then. But knowing what Jesus went through, really sit down and really contemplate and think about. There is no greater love. There is no greater Amen. love. And I know that the more I study, the more I build my relationship, and the more that the Lord touches me, I know He's there. And all I have to do is keep on trusting and believe and trying to live more and more in his will. Yes. 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 That is so, so true. So, so true, Sister Pat. So, so true. Um, anyone else want to share their answer? When or why have you found it difficult to trust God's love? with Sister Patricia about like pastor like relationships and you wonder I'm not saying cursed or something wrong but then you wonder maybe because you didn't have your family in the sequence that God wanted you to have it in I used to think that was my reason why I still not married or have never found um, a husband and uh, my punishment you know for having a child out of wedlock is um, to be scolded by God by not having uh, a man ever or, or as a husband and uh, you know my self-esteem uh, even the love that I did or didn't have for my own self was decreased because of that. And I knew um, when I started getting more into reading God's word and praying that, you know, God loved us. Uh, and so we have to love ourselves. And it's very hard to love God if you don't love yourself or accept yourself for 
who you are and what you are. Uh, mm -hmm. I truly believe that things are done, how Sister Patricia said, for a purpose. Mm -hmm. But like she said, when I lost family members, like my grandmother and my niece and my uncle, I asked God, you know, why do they have to go or why did they have to go so soon or could they, I have taken one of their places, you know, especially my baby, but then, you know, it's, it's, it makes you know that God is not through with you yet. And it's kind of like a child where, you know, you got to keep them you know, uh, closer to you. You know, it's a child that can do whatever you want them to do. You don't have to check up on them. And then the other child where, like I was with my daughter, you're running throughout the Earthland uh, parking lot trying to say get back in the school. And she's like, I thought you were at home sleeping. And I'm like, no, because they told me that you uh, forged my name and stuff. And uh, you ain't sick. Get back in that school. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I always say that because, you know, we run away from God and we run away from God's love. And I know now that I can't find a husband if I can't love myself and love the God that created me as one of his children. So I just want everybody to know that's how we get closer to God by praying, by loving ourselves, and realizing that, how Sister Patricia said, the good, yes, that happens, and we praise God, and we say thank God for all his blessings, but when things get bad, that's a blessing too, because that makes us stronger. Mm -hmm. That's our battle scars. And so I thank him because I am not the same person, Pastor, that I was years ago. Right. And uh, I have gotten stronger. And um, I know I still got a ways to go on my journey with the Lord, but I do know one thing. I know now what I will and will not accept as a spouse. And that I have learned because God has opened up my eyes and shown it. Yes, yes. Amen. Yes, yes. I thank you so much for that testimony because a lot of people needed to to hear that. You know, a lot of people needed to hear that. And you know, one thing I want everybody to know when we go through something uh to share that testimony, to share that that struggle is a blessing because we're not going through it just for us. We're going through it so that we could share it so that other people going through the same thing can find hope, can find hope. You know, um, anyone else want to share when or why have you found it difficult to trust God's love or how can knowing Jesus died for you change your response? And before I give my uh, um, my uh, my testimony, um, let me ask uh, those that have already answered. 
How can knowing Jesus died for you change your response? Uh, what was the question again? Okay. Uh, let's ask this one. When or why have you found it difficult to trust God's love? Um, maybe because a person goes through rejection in their life and they're not sure if they can trust anyone. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, having trust. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, anyone want to answer how can knowing Jesus died for you change your response? Mm-hmm. 
Amen. 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 You know, everybody gave such beautiful insight. Uh, and I want to give everybody the opportunity to uh, share their insight. Anyone else uh, would like to share? Uh, how can knowing Jesus died for you change your response? Amen. Well, you know what? I looking at this article today, love this love is real. The scripture lesson is taken from Romans 5:8. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This article was written by Karen Huang. Um, this is out of the Daily Bread. When we look at this article, um, in the, I believe it to be the third paragraph, eventually, eventually I realized God had already proven his love, Joe G said, by dying for me. You know, when I found it difficult to trust God's love, um, it would be, I just, when I was young, dealing with the bullying, and I remember thinking to myself, you know, why is this happening to me? You know, and then dealing with the different things, you know, um, just uh, the ignorance and the loss of my daughter, you know, um, the loss of my grandfather at a young age, because I remember, um, I, I can't remember, I think I was maybe 12, I'm thinking, 12 or 13, I'm thinking yeah, I think I was 12. I just, matter of fact, yeah, that is correct. I just had turned 12. And uh, and I know my grandfather did not die on my birthday. Um, and I know that. And I know that in my heart because he passed the day after. And at that young age, I, I remember feeling so angry because I thought, okay, you know, going to Sunday school and going to church, if you pray, people are healed. And I remember saying, God, I prayed, but you took my grandpa, you know? And, and then I, I want to elaborate in, on what Brylon was saying um, about that rejection part. I think sometimes when we deal with grief and loss and we deal with domestic violence, bullying, abuse, I think it gets to where that trust issue comes in because it's it's like, okay, people that I see 
I put a level of trust in and they hurt me, how can I trust in God when I don't see him? You know, and 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 so in in and that's why I love uh God because he allows us to go through these things because my love for the Lord is so strong today and it grows each and every day and I'm able to share this testimony and we're able to share this testimony individually and collectively as one body in Christ to help people vocalize what they've went through, how they genuinely felt, because God already knows what we feel. He already knows if we we are angry with him, upset by him. He already knows because he knows our thoughts before we think it. So it's just good to be honest. And with with knowing that Jesus died for me and for everybody on this line, for all of us, the righteous and the unrighteous, it allowed me to understand God created us out of love. God never went in with ulterior motives. He was always forthright. He told Adam and Eve not to take from that tree. But they did anyway. But God provided the way out, which was our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And like Sister Pat said, you know, he didn't have to do it. Jesus could have took them people out with the snap of his fingers. He could have called on his protection angels at any given time, but he didn't. So what kept him on that cross? Love. Love for our Heavenly Father, His Heavenly Father, and the love for mankind. The love for the ability to be redeemed. That's what kept him on this cross. Because remember, his last breathing words. First, he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? So if our King Jesus felt that way, of course, we're going to feel that way. But the very last words was before he said, my work is finished. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And it took me back to those days that I was persecuted. And even now, still people have their little things that they do. But you know what? I'm persecuted because of the God in me, because of the light that they see that's shining through me by the way of Yahweh Elohim. Each of you have that light. Each of you have God. Almighty, Yahweh, Abba Father in you. So when we close this section of our study and we take a break, I want to ask this question to each of you. How will you 
incorporate your testimony to speak to those in this world today that they can understand their trial, their tribulation is a testimony. Anyone? I know for me, I've witnessed and I've talked to people. Uh, I've talked to people who have been victims Amen. of domestic violence, victims of racism in the workplace, uh, victims of police brutality, pastor, and just in general, uh, people that are dealing with mental illness. Because uh, that encompasses all of me that God has been able to say, you've been through this. I've given you a template. And that's my word. Amen. And each of the scriptures that I have in my mind about the mental illness, how you said before, and reading about um, Joe wanted to take his life and read about Rebecca wanted to take her life. And that's why I know that God wants us to have a platform. He doesn't mm -hmm. want us to keep what he was able to help us through to ourselves because we're supposed to help each other in this world. We're supposed to be ambassadors for Christ. So I know for me, that's how I show my, you know, uh, way of, of saying this is what I have went through. And if God did this for me, he could do it for you. Amen. You know, no, they're not by themselves because the adversary, when you talked earlier, and I thought I wasn't on the line about praying, pastor, and praying, um, the P-R-E-Y-I-N-G. You know, in, in Romans, you know, um, it says that that's all the devil wants to do. He wants to seek and devour, lamb mm -hmm. to be slaughtered. Of course, God sends us out there, but he doesn't send us out there powerless. He sends right. us out there with the full armor of God. And because of that, when you have somebody that is praying, P-R-E-Y-A-M-G, and trying to bring you down, you're supposed to pray for that P-R-A-Y-N-A-G, you know? Mm -hmm. And through prayer, that person is straight. It says, yeah. okay, well, look at what you have done and you're still standing. You know, everybody talks about what happened with my home and some people say uh, that I haven't talked to in a while, I, you know, have reconnected with some friends and told them what happened. And they say, you sound so strong, you know? And I said, it is by the grace of God, but just like uh, Moses had his times and Joshua had his times, Lord knows Job has his times where we question and we get weak. We get weak, yeah. you know? And during those weak times, Again, I keep saying it over and over again, but I feel God's arms wrapped around me. So when you say that, you know, uh, this is 
one way that we can show people how uh, God has done this for us, we have mm -hmm. to speak out. We have to speak out. Because if we hold all of what God has done for us in and not tell these people that are lost that, okay, I'm going to show you the way, then I feel that all we're doing is doing the devil's work, you know, and, and letting him be able to rule this world and have so many people that are lost, that are committing suicide, that are homicide, that are dropping out of school, um, that, you know, are just uh, being with this person and that person because, you know, I'm going to sleep with this person because they say they love me. And I don't really know what love is. So I'm guessing that th this is love. They gave me a nice gold chain or whatever. So they must love me. So I'm just going to have their child or, or you know, sleeping or whatever. But when, when you learn that, you know, God says that, you know, you are his child. And we are more precious than That's what you love the most. You know, because where your heart is that is what you desire most and that's what you love most. yes so and when i was younger i can honestly say like you i i prayed and i believed in a god but my true desire and love was still of the flesh mm -hmm. it was still i want to be a mother or i i want uh, a, a nice home or, or I want a good education and this is and that, but it was still about on earth, on earth. But then when I transcended and said, well, wait a second, is my love really here on earth or should my love be where it needs to be? Mm -hmm. And that's in heaven and that's having an eternal life. So when you notice that and when you change you're thinking that way. That's what separates you from this world. And once you're separated from this world and you become a child of the king, you can get down. Mm -hmm. God lifts you back up. Yes, he And does. he always, always listens to you. And so I just know for a fact with me and some of what I've learned that I've told people and I don't feel shameful pastor I don't feel bad telling people what I struggle through you know because I, I went through it you know mm -hmm. and um, you know I have some uh, younger girls be laughing I said yeah I said you know uh, all they have to do was you know give me a free meal and I was like ooh this is my boyfriend I be hipping I be skipping and then two weeks later, I see them out dancing with this girl and that girl. And I said, well, I thought, you know, you were only with me. And they're looking at me like, uh, well, no. It's like, I, I was with you like last week. That, that's about the biggest commitment I could make. And so, you know, that's why, again, I wasn't valuing myself. And I didn't understand what it meant to, again, love the love that I have for God and not for people of this world because mm -hmm. no man, no woman, nothing on this earth. I'm telling you, y'all can meet your best soulmate and still it will not 
be even close to the love that God has for us. God has to be the foremost head of your household because anybody else, there, there is no equivalent to that unconditional love. And with that love, whenever we lose somebody, he says, this is my child. So when you cry, I cry. Amen. And I'm going to wipe away your tears. And I'm going to let you know those people that you think are gone, they're waiting up here for you. And if you believe in me, and you believe in the son that I sent down to down the cross to save you from your sins so you can have everlasting life, then you'll see them again. And you look at it that way, Pastor, and you know that this is not the end. This is not the end. This is just the beginning. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Thank you so much, Sister Nicole. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. Um, the floor is open. Anyone else would like to share their insight on how they are going to uh, share their testimony with uh, others? How are you going to share your testimony, the trials and tribulations that you went through in life? How are you going to share that with others? Uh, well, I think we're doing, I think I'm doing that right now. Yes, you are. <laughs> Amen. Like, you know, Amen. And just talking with people. And then I think too, um, when you focus on yourself and when you see somebody who, or somebody comes to you, ask you a question, and you can kind of relate to each other on those different things and help each other out with that. So, yeah. Praise God. I thank you so much, Sister Arlesson. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Amen. Amen. With that being said, we are going to take a brief uh, break, listen to a song, and we will be right back with Studying in the Word. And we are going to actually dive on into the book of Genesis chapter 23. Praise God. These broken bones have mended, and now I am soaring like never before. Broken mirrors and mended wounds, my Savior restoreth my soul. By domestic violence survivor, Michelle Carter Douglas. This poetry book depicts a journey of individual faith, healing, and strength. Reader, Tara Kirksey shares. Broken mirrors and mended wounds this collection of poems and reflections was so on point. They were so uplifting to me. My favorite one was Revelation Mended Through Being Broken. I could truly relate to this one. This author blessed my soul 
through her writing, I know she's at a point of healing. I'd love to read more from this author. This book, available right now, Broken Mirrors and Mended Wounds, My Savior Restoreth My Soul by Michelle Carter Douglas, available right now on Amazon.com. Isaac, Egypt, and Noah presents The Resurrection Story. This book will take you on the journey from creation through the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Answering questions, why do we die, boiled eggs, or what is the significance of an Easter bunny, and much more. The presence of the Lord surrounded Amelia and her family. The Holy Spirit filled their household with love, joy, and peace. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ grew from a young babe in the manger into a young boy. He worked alongside his earthly father Joseph as a carpenter and worshiped our Heavenly Father with all of his heart. Years went by and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ performed many miracles and preached to many, many people. And this full-length color book written by Michelle Carter Douglas, her sons, Patrick M. Douglas, Rylan Douglas, and her daughter, Arlesa Douglas, was also illustrated by her children, Patrick, Rylan, and Arlesa. What a beautiful book to bring in all holidays. This book is written by a family for the family. Get your copy today on Amazon.com. Rhea Isaac, Egypt and Noah presents The Resurrection Story. And welcome back to Studying in the Word. Praise God. Praise God. You know, on break, we were listening to Mary, Mary, uh, Can't Give Up Now, and Ordinary People. And I just, you know what, the spirit. And uh, before we get into uh, Genesis chapter three, I just want to give glory to God and thank each of you for being on this line. Um, because one of the things, uh, pretty much everybody, you know, on the line knows, maybe some of you know as well, uh, that my two sons, uh, Patrick M. Douglas and Brylin Douglas and my daughter, Arlessa R. Douglas, um, AKA Arlessa Rain, uh, R-E-I-G-N, uh, were authors. Uh, my kids are illustrators as well. Arlessa's a singer and songwriter. And so I'm an author, motivational speaker. And so we do a lot on social media. And over the course of, I would say, about a month or so, um, a lot of our pages were hacked. And this was very trying um, because uh, one by one, our pages were hacked. Um, Studying in the Word, 
um, uh, Brylin's page, uh, uh, my purpose ordained by God, um, uh, my Wilson and Clark, uh, business page, uh, which I had clients come through on that page. Um, and now I looked in there and, um, they hacked my memorial page that I started for my daughter, Kayla, and, uh, they hacked Patrick's page. So, but you know what? And, and, and I thank God because God said, don't give up now. And the person that's hacking the page, um, is, is, I, I don't know what's wrong with them they're from another country i think because when i looked it up and found the person they're out of indonesia and so i bring this up only because when there is chaos there's peace because when uh it brings me back to the scriptures uh that god was not in the wind he was not in an earthquake. God was the still small voice. And I refused to let the adversary take my peace because God gave me peace. And I know that whenever a page is hacked, people are looking. And, and so I just uh, look to God and everything that we do. And uh, I'm praying P-R-A-Y-I-N-G, that uh, this means that people are going to, you know, more people are going to pick up our books and uh, me and my uh, kids are going to be on the bestseller list. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, what is it? The New York bestseller list. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. With that being said, uh, chapter 23 of Genesis, and um, I will read the first uh, 10 verses. Sarah lived to be 127 years old. She died at Kirath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went to mourn for Sarah and to weep over her. Then Abraham rose from beside his dead wife and spoke to the Hittites. He said, I am a foreigner and stranger among you. Sell me some property for a burial site here so I can bury my dead. The Hittites replied to Abraham, Sir, listen to us. You are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our, cho of our tombs. None of us will refuse you his tomb for burying your dead. Then Abraham rose and bowed down before the people of the land, the Hittites. He said to them, if you are willing to let me bury my dead, then listen to me and intercede with Ephron, son of Zohar, on my behalf. So he will sell me the cave of Mechleth 
which belongs to him, and is it at the end of his field, ask him to sell it to me for the full price as a burial site among you. Ephraim the Hittite was sitting among his people, and he replied to Abraham in the hearing of all the Hittites who had come to the gate of his city. Uh, who would like to read verses 11 uh, and finish up through 20? Reading the new international version. Yes, ma'am. Okay. No, my Lord, he said, listen to me. I give you the field, and I give you the thing that is in it. I give it to you in the presence of my people. Bury your dead. Again, Abraham bowed down before the people of the land, and he said to Ephron in their hearing, Listen to me, if you will. I will pay the price of the field. Accept it from me so I can bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham, Listen to me, my lord. The land is worth 400 shekels of silver. But what is that between you and me? Bury your dead. Abraham agreed to Ephron's terms and weighed out for him the price he had named in the hearing of the Hittites. 400 shekels of silver, according to the weight current emotions. So Ephron's filled in the Bacala near Mamre, both the field and the cave and all the trees within the borders of the field was deeded to Abraham as his property in the presence of all the Hittites who had come to the gate of the city. Afterward, Abraham buried his wife, Sarah, in the cave in the field of Bathpilah near Mamre, which is Hebron, in the lands of Canaan. So the field and cave in it were de deeded to Abraham by as a site. Amen. Twenty third chapter. May the Lord have a blessing upon the hearers and doers of this holy word. Praise God. Praise God. What I was led by the Holy Spirit to teach out of this chapter. Um, well, before I say that, uh, anybody want to uh, share their insight, what they gained from uh, this chapter? I see the people. Uh, the Hittites had a great respect for Abraham. Mm -hmm. Amen. Whatever he wanted or needed to bury his dead, they were fine with it, you know. Any, mm -hmm. any, uh, and as a land that he wanted, um, he really didn't even have to pay for it if he really didn't want to. They just had that respect for him. Praise God. Praise God. And see, I didn't even pick up on that, just the respect. And that's the beauty. You see how the Holy Spirit discerns? Each person has their portion and insight. So let's talk about that because that, uh, I'm glad that you brought that to our attention, uh, Sister Patricia. The level of respect, that is right. Um, and, and that's something that we can, 
incorporate in our own lives. My grandmother used to say you could get more flies with honey than salt. So, you know, with Abraham respecting the people and being honest, forthright, they respected that. You know, and 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 here, like you said, uh, he didn't even have to uh, pay a whole lot of sums of money for that. And it brings me back to uh, my children and I getting together and buying a little property. And um, it was a blessing because we purchased it. And um, my youngest son, Brian, was saying, mom, uh, you know, check when the taxes is due. And I looked up there and it kept saying, you know, annual tax zero. And so um, I kind of was reading somewhere that sometimes you could purchase land and you not have to pay any taxes on it. So, of course, I'm going to make sure that's correct on Monday. But uh, this and it, and it brings me to this scripture. You know, what God has for you, he has for you. Um, would anybody look that, because uh, I want to uh, find out where that scripture is. Would anybody uh, be able to look where that scripture uh, is, uh, is? What God has for you, he has for you. Um, while somebody's looking that up to see where that uh, scripture is, Anybody else want to share their insight on Genesis chapter 3? Yeah, I was honestly um, trying to understand too if uh, with the 400 shekels of silver before Sister Patricia explained it, uh, did Abraham really have to pay the Hittites Ephron that amount? Because he you know, respecting him, how she said, which I didn't catch it until she said it, like, said, my Lord, you know, um, this, my burial land is your burial land, you know, letting him know that he is definitely going to allow, you know, Sarah and any of his other family to be buried there. Mm-hmm. But did, did he have to give him that or? No, and, and what it was is, and with the beauty of this, is what Sister Pat said about the level of respect and being fair. Fair. You know, even though the Hittites were kind and they said, no, you don't have to, you know, pay whatever, he still was being fair. And God's people, when you come across God's people, they are fair. They don't try to, they don't try to game you. They don't try to to take things and do things for that. Amen. Amen. I see, uh, they have uh, Jeremiah 29 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure what uh, version this is, but it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Yes, that can be used for that. And what scripture is that? Jeremiah 29, 
11. And it might be a better version with the new international. Uh, somebody can maybe find mm -hmm. a new international version. Of yes, yes, yes. First. Oh, and I have it highlighted. <laughs> amen, amen. Yes, 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 yes. And um, back in that time, uh, 400 shekels of silver, silver um, and this is uh, uh, according to uh, Alexa answers, was uh, estimated to be approximately 128000 Okay, $128,000. So that w was a lot of money, 400 shekels. Was equivalent to 120? 28,000 in today's time. What? what? Yeah, so it was, it was, it, what? yeah. Mm-hmm. Abraham was rich. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Blessed, blessed and rich. Blessed, 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 blessed. yes, praise that. I'm glad you said that because not everybody who is rich is blessed. That's right. But, but that's everybody right. that's blessed by God is, is rich. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is true. Yes, yes, amen, amen. What uh I want to share tonight on Genesis uh chapter 28 what we are going into right now is about grief and loss um we see here and we think about the the journey that Sarah and Abraham made together you know um when we think about when Abraham was uh commanded by God to leave where he was um and bringing his wife his nephew his father um you know employees and and belongings with him to journey to another location and um you know the 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 quarrel between him and Lot and you know Sarah joking and laughing about having a baby at her age to having uh, a son at her age and um, to hear where on earth uh, he says a goodbye to his wife, you know? And um, even in his mourning, uh, Abraham carried God with him because we see here, as Sister Patricia pointed out, him respecting the people. Um, sometimes we know in our grief, sometimes we get angry. You know, we, we don't want to talk to anybody. And, you know, and, and this is a lesson for us to keep close to us that we will experience loss. We will experience hurt and pain. But even though we are feeling at our low our lowest 
by respecting others, they too shall feel our pain. You understand? And so that's what, you know, and that helps me to understand, you know, when I speak to people, um, you know, you don't have to be angry in your sorrow. Acknowledge your sadness and be kind because people will help you. God is close to the brokenhearted. Um, let's get into some scriptures. Uh, yes, yes. I'm so, so sorry, but before... No, you're fine. I just wanted to look up this place because, again, you know, if there's something that I read and I'm not, you know, familiar with, I try to understand it. So I was looking at this cave, this Naphtala, like mm-hmm. where it was located at, where Sarah was buried. Um, and uh, it says it's a cave. Um, they're like now what is called Palestine. Oh. And they said not only is it the burial place of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, and Leah, but it's... Um, proposed possibly that is the entrance of the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve are buried. And uh, they were saying some of the bones in there, because there's tons of bones in there, you know, of of uh, remains that some of them are extremely old. So they believe some of those, you know, are the bones of uh, Abraham and his family. Wow. Praise God. Praise God. You know, again, just to me, um, again, I know, you know, that everything in the Bible is true and real because yes. God is real. But I just love, like, just looking at how we have the world today and then reading how this place still exists. This place is still there. Amen, amen, amen. And, 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 you know, and I'm glad that you brought that to my attention, uh, Sister Nicole. If you could uh, send me that information too. Yes. And so, and if you could say that again, just so everybody gets a, a good understanding. Uh, it was the K place, and I might be mispronouncing it, but it's uh, M A C H T as in Paul. B-L-A-H, Baptola, and it's located in Palestine, and in Genesis 23, it's where Abraham asked the Hittites he could bury his wife Sarah when she passed, Mm -hmm. and now it's said that um, it is the place of the matriarchs and the patriarchs of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, and Leah. And also, it is believed to be the entrance to the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Ooh. Eve are also buried. Now, with that being said, that's deep. That's deep, because I'm going to tell you why. To me, the, the, what I get from that, and I thank you so much for bringing that to our attention. Um, because what I get from that 
is that because God let Abraham know he was going to be the father of many nations and with them going there, it's almost like a full circle of um, the resurrection, basically. You know, because in, in the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve sinned, life was temporarily taken. And here, you know, with, with, you know, that is, is just, you know, where, uh, some good has been restored, you know? Yes. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm going to see if we could look up the pronunciation. Okay, Makfla. So it sounds Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. So praise God for that. Um, yes, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And I did receive that, Sister uh Nicole. So I appreciate you for sharing that. Amen. And as we turn to the scripture about uh, grief, that's what we're going to get into right now um, is some scriptures that will help us dealing with grief, loss, moments of sadness. Um, Before I go there, Sister Nicole, anyone, anyone has any uh, insight to share? Amen. Amen. The scripture, John chapter 16, verses 20 through 22. That's John 16, 20 through 22. Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. This is beautiful. This is absolutely beautiful, this scripture. Uh, anybody want to share uh, what they uh, got from here? Out of like self-explanatory, that's what it says, that you know, the Lord will take your grief and turn it into joy. Amen. All the pain that we suffer at the end, we know that our pain and our suffering is not in vain because we will have the joy and we will have that everlasting love. And just like how you birth a child and you have that everlasting love and 
that joy and how you do forget uh, the childbirth pain. Uh, you know, we are reborn again. Once we are sinners and we receive the Holy Ghost, we're reborn again. And no matter again what grief, what sorrow we go through, suffer may endure but a night, but joy comes in the morning because we have that joy that the Holy Spirit has given us. Yes, yes, yes. And also in this, this is uh, Jesus, you know, uh, letting the disciples in that know that we go through different things in life. But in verse 22, so with you now is your time of grief because they dealt with losing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But he says, I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. I'm going to read verse 23. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. When we go through these experiences in sadness and oppression, it's temporary. Because the peace that surpasses everything is God in us. Amen? I'm going to read a little bit more of this. And this is, I'm going to add this as a homework assignment. Um, John uh, chapter uh, 16. But going down to uh, verses... uh, 24, until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Asking you will receive and your joy will be complete. You know, God is so impartial. Jesus is so loving. God is so loving. And And I'm just going to go down to uh, verse 29. Then Jesus' disciples said, now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Do you now believe Jesus replied? A time is coming and in fact has come when you will all be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. This is Jesus talking. This is real. This is a conversation. We are ambassadors in Christ. We are the disciples of the Lord. So he said, we're going to have trouble in this world. But I came to overcome the world. So whatever trials and tribulations we're going through, it's already worked out. It's already overcame. That's why we tell mountain move in the name of Jesus. 
My God Almighty got this. Amen. God, praise God, praise God. Mm. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I know Jesus is talking to them, but figuratively, isn't he also telling them that we will live again? Woo, yes, Lord. Amen. Yes. Yes, yes. yes Sister Pat. Yes. Yes. Talking about the resurrection, Mary. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. 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 Praise God. And that's another thing uh, I want to get into tonight. Um, we're going to look at Revelations chapter 21. That's Revelations chapter 21. And we're going to go verses 1 through 5. Revelations 21, verses 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. I'm going to read on down. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost. From the spring of the water of life through this Jesus. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. And I will be their God and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all the liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. So we see here, we have life everlasting through Jesus as believers. God doesn't want to see nobody 
perish in, 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 in hell. That's why he put the Holy Bible here so we can learn and we could get things right. And God knows our hearts. But we don't have to take advantage of his love. And in studying in the word, we're going to dig down deep. Um, I'm, I'm thinking for um, next week's study, we are going to take John 16 and we are going to take uh, Revelation 21. So we can uh, dig down deep in this, get a good understanding because uh, that is, is what studying in the word is about. You know, we, we don't want to just read the Bible, memorize scripture. We want to we want to digest it. Amen. Amen. Are there any questions so far? Amen. Amen. With that being said, uh I want to go to John 5. That's John chapter 5. And this will be uh, verses, let's do 20 through 24. That's 20 through 24. John 5, 20 through 24. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whosoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Now, with that being said, we're going to take a break because these scriptures, see, you know, some people say, okay, I believe in God, but I don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. I don't believe he's the only begotten son. Well, yeah, it says it right here. You, can, you can't get to the Father if you're not acknowledging the only begotten Son, the, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's not going to happen because we got to close every single prayer with in Jesus' name we pray. That's, that's first and foremost. And I don't know how you're going to think you're going to get to God's kingdom if you don't want to acknowledge the cross that allowed us to inherit everlasting life. 
I don't know. That's just like me saying, I'm going to make me a pitcher of Kool-Aid, but I don't have a Kool-Aid packet and I don't have a cup of sugar. It's water. Amen. 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 You know, Minister Carter Douglas get ghetto sometimes. <laughs> y'all, y'all get quiet. But we will be right back with studying in the word. Praise God. It's only a few minutes until they could exit to Koenig State Parkway. The roads and traffic take a turn for the worse. Readers and friends, the angel of death was near. Sterile and John prayed silently to Almighty God. Are they spared? Everyone hopes for a perfect love story. Some people dream of taking an adventure. In a small town named Poughkeepsie, New York, a couple and six young adults will meet and change one another lives forever. Take this journey in the adventures of Gurgle Boy written by author Patrick M. Douglas. This book is available on Amazon.com. finishing point has a beginning. In our lives, every hardship we faced brought about a new beginning, a new horizon, a new triumph. Beginning of a new is just one short story written by author Brylon Douglas in his book, My Purpose Ordained by God, collection of adventure and short stories from an autistically gifted child. From the adventures of Jerry Young, who disguises himself to hide from the world, to Mama, Please Don't Go, another heartfelt short story about a young girl named Mindy who fears losing her mother. Take this inspirational journey through this book written by Brylon Douglas and available right now on Amazon.com. Praise God. We are back with studying in the word. Amen. Amen. And on the break, uh, Sister Nicole has a scripture that the Holy Spirit led her with. Uh, Sister Nicole, if you could uh, introduce that scripture and read it. Yeah. yeah. So, again, uh, I was telling um, Pastor Minister Michelle Carter Douglas and everyone else um, on the line that. Um, there would be people that would not believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And they would go back to the Old Testament and talk about uh, unclean food and meat and, and doing everything kosher, but not acknowledging the New Testament or not acknowledging 
that Jesus Christ died on the cross. That's our only way to eternal life. So I would read to them um, the ninth chapter of Hebrews, starting with the 12th verse. And it says, he did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offers himself, our blemish to God, cleanse our consciousness from acts that led to death so that we may serve the living God. For this reason, for this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. And that's what I would read. Amen. Amen. And that was Hebrews chapter 9. Yes, uh, starting with the 12th verse and the 15th, uh, ending with the 15th verse. And I just have to say, who led me first to this particular passage was uh, Maddie Fells, because she knew a lot of people. And um, she had friends who were um, Jews or, you know, the modern day Jews. Mm-hmm. And she would tell them she loved them to death, but she would say, again, you have to go through Christ to be saved. And they said, no, 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 you know, you're supposed to clean these, um, you know, uh, meats and clean all the blood out. And then, you know, uh, we give this as a sacrifice to God. And she said, no, Jesus was the last sacrificial lamb. And so she would read this verse and she told me to always keep this verse in mind, uh, to use that again as a sword, as, as, as uh, a power a form of armor so um young children or and everybody on the line you know when when people do say that um this this is a uh scripture a a good one to go to because it says right here that you can do as many goats whatever you want that's not going to get you into heaven no no uh you know and um Amen. I said, I'm jotting this information down. Praise God. Thank you so much for that insight. And um, now, as we ended, and are there any thoughts, uh, uh, comments on what Sister Nicole just read? I feel my mother here because I remember she's maybe she said it somewhere in the um, New Testament where Jesus has come and she put it this way like everything has been cleansed. But she said, I don't know where it is, but I've been told that. Amen. 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 She told me that many times. She was, you know, tell me different people. She said, Patty, but I don't know exactly where, but I've been told that. Praise God. Praise God. You know, and which leads me when we, uh, before break, 
we read John 5, 20 through 24. And verse 24, very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. So with that being said, some people want to know, you know, what happens after death? Well, you know what? There's several possibilities according to the way you live your life, you know? And that's why we constantly have to be in subjection to God and constantly have to pray over ourselves and to try to do the spiritual due diligence of change and and living in uh, a fashion that God uh, is pleasing with us. With that being said, you know, some people, you know, what do I, because like years and years ago, I remember being taught that when you die, you go into a deep sleep and you're not awake or awakened until Armageddon. And I used to, I used to fear that. You know, because I was like, I, but you know what? Life is going on and I'm here in a coffin and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, um, but then studying in the word. And I remember I was listening to the radio station 91.7 and I can't remember the segment that they were discussing death. But that's incorrect. If you're a believer in Christ, you're a believer in God, you know, you don't go into a deep sleep. You 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 cross over into heaven. And yeah. so, yeah, you know. And so what we are going to do right now and I um as I'm talking, I just ask everybody to contribute and share scriptures that they had well before we do that, anyone want to share their insight uh uh, questions or anything of what I just stated or even their understanding about death. Well, I just know I agree with you. That's what um, I just remember uh, when I was younger, I just thought the same thing. And that was the fear of death. Um, even though I knew that there was a God and there would be a day of Armageddon, I would say, you know, uh, well, it's just like I sleep. And then they say just like one day uh, for us is a thousand days for the Lord. That you'll be, you know, if I be sleeping thousands or millions of years and you wake up. But then when I got older, and like you said, Pastor, starting to actually read the scriptures. The scriptures speak about life after death immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, Elijah didn't even have that. He was just caught up, mm-hmm. you know, uh, by God. And, you know, uh, it. I, I've seen people, and this is just, you know, um, as a nurse, uh, you know, as, as a family member, and 
when I tell you, when they say, you know, I made it, I, I see it, you know, um, I remember uh, Sister Patricia, I want to upset her, but she said, you know, one of um, her brothers, you know, last words he told her is, you know, uh, you don't have to fear death. You know, you don't have to. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. Mm-hmm. And I tell people this um, all the time, and I think y'all remember me saying this, that when that car went through the house, there was a second, not a long time yet, but a second that I thought I was going to be buried alive in the house because the house had shook that badly and uh, the ceiling. Uh, when the contractors came the very uh, next week, they touched it with their finger, not their whole hand, but their finger, and all the ceilings collapsed in the living room. Mm. So there wasn't anything there preventing me from being buried alive. And Mm. I say that only because when it happened, I have this calmness about me. But then I have this feeling that the Lord was telling me, no, it's not your time. But when I tell you, it was so much peace. It was like, it wasn't a sleep, though. It was more like the, the, it was like a storm. And then it was just like something where it's just completely calm. You know, mm. and it was like calm, peaceful, just, you know, just a bliss. You know, it, it was pure euphoria. That's the best word, you know, I can, you know, say, you know, uh, and um, I just knew right then and there, like, you know, um, if, if this is what, you know, being close to death mm-hmm. feels mm-hmm. like, now I know why people that know the Lord say they're not scared. They're not scared mm-hmm. because this is what people worry about. And this was people fear. People fear the flesh and the body. Because they look at the body and they're like, oh, yeah, your bones are going to do this and your and your eyes are going to do this and your brain and your blood and all that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I know all that because I learned all that, uh, you know, in school. But this is the thing. What, what is the, the scripture saying? I'm going to find my scripture, but the one I was thinking of, Pastor, about death is the scripture says, when you are absent from the body, you are where? You mm-hmm. are with the Lord. Yes. So once that happens, yeah, we have funerals. Yeah, we have services. Okay. Uh, but some people will say, don't go to the cemetery to see me. Because that's my body. That's my mm-hmm. shell. I'm not there. But look up in that sky. Look up to the heavens above. Talk to me there, because that's where I am. Sometimes I might even come and visit you. It might be like a dove. And, and you know, it, it might be, you know, a, a feeling that you feel like, you know, what is that, you know, shaking on my arm, but the wind isn't going, okay? So mm-hmm. they're, they're here. They're here, you know? And, and that's the thing, you know, uh, your spirit that is within you, that makes you who you are. Amen. That makes you who you are. And that's the difference between being born again. Because when you're living with the flesh, then all of that goes away. 
But when the scripture does say as well, what God has for you, not only is it for you, like we saw read in Jeremiah, but the only thing that will last is what God does for you, not what man does for you. So if my God tells me that I will have eternal life if I believe in him, I know that will last. Amen. I don't care what man has said. I don't care what kind of sciences, pastor, they have done. They are never, ever, ever going to replicate our creator and make mortal people immortal. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. in order to be born again, you have to, again, you know, uh, be born with the Holy Spirit, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you have to be able to separate yourself from this world. And that is inclusive of the last part of this world, which is when your body, you know, leaves, you know, um, your, your soul and it separates, you know. And um, I know for me, um, I still think about death and I still sometimes even understanding that pastor i'll wake up and i'll say oh lord you know i'm I'm fearful like i don't because it's an unknown and then i think about the people you know before me or after me and i'm like you know i i don't know you know how they're gonna feel when i leave because sometimes that's what gets me it's not me myself leaving pastor it's like how your loved ones going to yeah be are they going to be okay are they going to be able to go on you know mm-hmm. uh, but that's the thing though you know if the people that you are around know that there's everlasting life they'll know that that's a home going for you you're going home you know just like you know um uh, People are packing their bags, and I'm like, what do they mean they packing their bags going home? They going on a vacation, Grandma? No, they going home to glory is what they're talking about. That's the bag they packing. So when you think of it that way, we're really supposed to rejoice, you know, during, you know, funerals. Of course, we don't because we miss that person. But it's honestly knowing that that person has separated from this world and now they are absent from the body, but they are with God. Amen. You know, but we're human. We're human. And that's why we have this complexity of a battle with our human flesh of the fear, with the spirit telling us that, you know, no, this is not not the end. And so I just know for myself, when I get like that, when I do read the scriptures in Corinthians and in Revelation 21, what it does is it not just fuels my soul, Pastor, but it helps the human side of my flesh realize, like, uh uh-uh, calm yourself down and get the anxiety and fear away. Because that, again, is just Satan coming in and trying to mess up your mind and make you feel that you should fear something. But the only thing that I have to look at is the glory that I'm going to have, you know? And then I get, then I start to get excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, can you picture living in a place where you have no pain, no sorrow, mm. no nights, and and everybody loves one another? No racism, no classism. You know, uh, no, nothing where we have to worry about this person living in a high crime area. That person living in, you know, an area that's gang filled. There ain't no gangs. There ain't no, you know, poverty in heaven. That's right. You know, that's why people say, I'd rather have Jesus with silver and gold because what is that going to do? God has it all. That's why I think it's laughable when people talk about, oh, look at this person is a billionaire or this person. Like Bill Gates is, you know, supposed to be one of the richest men in the world or whatever with, you know, I think he's worth now like what, like 20 billion or something. But this is the thing. Everything that you have belongs to God. Yes. And unfortunately, I've seen billionaires along with, you know, uh, other rich people here on this earth pastor lose it. And when they lose it, they don't look at God and say, you know, well, God, maybe this has happened to me because I need to go to you. I need to look at where my, again, when we met, we started from, where my heart lies. Does my heart lie in my riches here on earth or does my heart lie in my riches and my love for you in heaven? But some of them don't be that way. Some of them lose their mind. Yeah. And I don't want to get gangster, but like I was looking at payback on TV one, and I never heard of this young gentleman. Maybe the kids have, but his name is um, Sharif Smith. Okay, and I'm aging myself. He's back in the '90s, pastor, but he discovered Beyonce, TLC, a whole bunch of rappers, Too Short, um, Rick Ross, all of them. Okay. Uh, Horse Sister Pat says, can you please stop naming people that I don't know? And it's okay. But anyway, <laughs> uh, he, he became a multi-millionaire. This man went to parochial school, graduated from Morehouse, very intelligent. And they said, you know what? At 28 years old, L.A. Reid said, you're doing so well, I'm going to make you president. Uh, the hip hop uh, part of my 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 record deal, and he said, "Okay, I can handle that. I'm doing okay." Mm-hmm. Then he got a little bit higher up. Then he battled with Jay Z, Beyonce's current husband. Um, he got a little bit more. Let's say they said he had a better ear than Jay Z. Let's just say that he had a little bit more talent. So with that, he took over Def Jam. And Jay-Z was supposed to be set back. But then they said something got a hold of him. And he was telling his one friend, um, and he was like 30 years old, had two young, beautiful kids, a girl and a boy, he was married. He's like, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. He's like, what are you talking about here? He's like, it's too much. It's too much. I don't want all this. I don't want all this. And he's like, man, what what are you talking about? Like, you're good. Like, you know... Everybody says you're better than Jay-Z. You're, you're going to, you know, be like the next big mogul. Like, you're going to probably be a billionaire by the time you're 30. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't want it. I don't want it. And he's like, all I wanted to do was make music. And 
I can't handle it. And he said, well, let, let me get your wife because you're scaring me. And because they were all in his house, big mansion pastor, let me get your wife. And by the way, this was in 2008. Let me get your wife, you know, and this is after he won tons of awards that year, too. Um, I, I, you know, we're going we to work it out, Shakir. Then he went out that bathroom that this man was in that looked like uh, two bedrooms put together. Mm -hmm. He heard a gunshot. Mm. And he shot uh, himself in the head. And oh. his one best friend said what, what, what he has not forgotten to this day, and he's still going through uh, therapy, is that when he was actively dying, he was telling his friend, he's like, no, no, no. He's like, I, I, I want to come back. I, I want to come back. And he's like, well, then fight, fight. But then he left. Then he left. And I only say that because he was a young guy. He was very handsome, beautiful family. On the outside, everybody would say, you got it all. You got it made. And I, I know my my um, nephews and my uh, niece are way, way smarter than this. And my um, I can include my son and my um, daughter with this, too, and even my goddaughter. But some of these young kids are caught up in these rappers, in these Amen. Amen. Welcome back to studying in the word. Praise God. Praise God. And, um, you know, let's, you know, when we talk about uh, the appreciation of life, you know, we have to understand that material things come and go. But God is forever. Amen. Amen. The next scripture we're going to look into is 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, 5 through 10, verses 5 through 10. That's 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 5 through 10. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we, will, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer, prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we, at, we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. We see here again, when we go and we leave this earth, we go before our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father, to give an account 
of the good and the bad. And what I really hope that people gain from this episode, be careful what you say and you do in this life. Because God is behind closed doors. You know, I'm taking a a substance and abuse class, you know, at college. And some of the things that I'm reading and learning, um, it, it really gives not only insight into my job as a social worker, but as a minister um, and as a person in, in itself. And uh, the thing about uh, depression you know, um, and all of that, some of the things that people feel they have no options is because options may be limited to them by other people's actions. And I bring up, as a domestic violence survivor, I was so glad to be putting my life in order. I have never held a job consistently. I've had various jobs. I've been working since I was 14, had various jobs, but never was on the job for a specific job for a certain length of uh, time. The longest job that I had was as a front desk clerk at a hotel for five years. That's the longest one job. Now, currently I have my business, um, you know, the Wilson and Clark independent uh, business, and I've had that since 2012. So business owner, yes, you know. Um, But I bring that up because during a lot of the struggles in my life, and I know, um, Sister Nicole, I I really don't want to tell your story, Um, but touching on the fact that you were oppressed and discriminated against in various employments that you were employed at. Um, one of the things that I noticed and and this documented in the book, um, the fact that a lot of people that's overcoming trials and tribulations, Um, and that's looking for, to fill that void in their life, they want to work. They want to have a meaning um, to live. And the adversary takes that away. So in reading the particular book in my class, um, I understood why people were trying to alienate me. I understand why people were trying to alienate my sister. My mother went through things. My kids went through things. The adversary is that. The adversary is about malicious gossip and alienation. And that's a form of bullying as well. You can bully people by um, actions, by words, and also by alienation. Um, don't hang out with that person. Don't talk to that person. 
So I say this because I want everyone listening to this podcast, and I hope to God it is carried to the necessary people that need to hear it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. This is spoken words and actions all around. And I know everybody here on this line today is comfortable with going to God. Amen. And and again, in these scriptures, we see here, when we close our eyes here on earth, we're going to open them to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our Heavenly Father. Amen. The next scripture that we're going to look into is Luke chapter 23. That's Luke chapter 23. Um, I'm going to say Luke, oh no, yeah, Luke chapter 23, verses 37 through 45. Luke 23, verses 37 through 45. <coughs> Amen. And said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him, which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Doesn't this sound like the adversary in in the wilderness telling Jesus, leap off the ledge? But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn into. God was so upset and grieved. And and these scriptures, we can look at grief as well in in Luke uh, 23. 37 through 45, verse uh, 44. You know, when Jesus past but thank you jesus our savior lives he lives he lives right now he's alive today 
in every aspect of the way. Yahshua. Hallelujah. But we see here, Jesus tells the thief he will be with him today in paradise. And I, I find this so fascinating because don't forget when Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried. Okay, he also went to, uh, uh, I want to get the right, uh, I believe it was Sheol for three days, and he was ministering to the lost souls. So this right here, God's work is, is never done. In the aspect in trying to minister to us, teach us, and educate us. Amen. Any uh thoughts so far uh about what we've went over so far? I also want to uh, read, and this is a, a song that actually Israel Houghton sings with one of his daughters. Um, he is risen. And I thought that that was so beautiful. This is out of 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, verses 55 through 57. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through uh, 57. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's no reason to fear death because God is doing away with death. And when we have life after everlasting through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, death has lost. What we have to incorporate with one another in ourselves is the appreciation and the spiritual education of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That there will be a family reunion. And not just in the first, second, and third generations, but we're talking about generations and generations to come. With that being said, um, we're going to dive into this uh, subject again next week, uh, focusing on. John 16, Revelations 21, uh, for homework. Uh, also, your homework is reading um, the Daily Bread, actually dated for March 4th, tomorrow. Um, and, and it's entitled, Listening to God. 
And I think this is imperative. Um, we're still going to read, you know, the daily bread on Friday, but we, we have a, a, a little bit of homework to do. I want you guys to read this. We're going to be reading on um, daily bread March 10th on March 10th. But tomorrow I want you guys to wake up and read uh, listening to God that's taken out of Josiah. Um, well, I mean, it's taken out of Second Chronicles 35:22. Josiah would not listen to what Nacho had said at God's command. And the topic is this listening to God written by James Banks. So that's your homework. Uh, reading Daily Bread dated March 4th. And on Friday, uh, reading Daily Bread for March 10th, because we'll go over that for Bible study. Uh, also reviewing and reading John 16, Revelations 21, jotting down any questions that you have, what insight that you got in reading that. Um, and any supporting scriptures that you want to share uh, with the body of Christ. Amen. 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 Uh, the floor is open. Any questions, concerns, thoughts on tonight's Bible study? Very insightful, inspirational. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Amen. 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 Who would like to uh, with prayer? Anyone would like to close with prayer? Praise God, Brother Brylin. Amen. Lord, thank you for everything. I appreciate you. Thank you for bringing this group of people together to talk about some of the things that are going on in this world. And I pray that everything will be good someday. In fact, I know that everything's going to be good at the end. Yes, Lord. And again, I appreciate everything you're doing. I appreciate everybody on the phone. Thank you for everything. Amen. 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 Praise God. And they say the child shall lead them. Hallelujah. May God bless each and every one of you, keeping you and your families, friends, and communities safe. Love you all. Bye.